Welcome back to the podcast. Before we get things started, I just want to tell you guys how excited I am to finally have a date for the reopening of Disneyland. I know there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world right now, but this is just something that means the world to me. Somewhere that I spend a whole lot of time at and to not have been able to go there for the past couple of months has been really strange is when I think of Disneyland, that's my happy place. I remember uh, my early years in Orange County, I totaled my car and I was like, you know what? Fuck this. Life's pretty annoying right now. I need to find a new car. But the only thing I want to do right now is just, just give me to Disneyland. Let me just uh, try not to be too bummed out about this whole car situation. So I went there uh, and just instantly was like, you know what? I'm not dead. I probably should have died in that wreck, but I didn't. So I just had to refocus and just appreciate the fact that something so tragic could happen in my life. But within 10, 20 minutes, I could just, you know, head down the road, go to the happiest place on earth, which is Disneyland. And I'm just so happy that July 17th, Disneyland's back. And I I know that may sound privileged, uh, to a lot of people, but this is just something that means the world to me. And I have invested a lot of my life being there and I'm just really happy to get back. I'm just so excited. And people who listen to this podcast know that it, it means a lot to me. And I, thank you to everybody who sent me links and articles to, to read about the news that got announced today. I'm really excited and I can't wait to go back. I hope to see all of you there. Let's ride something. But on today's episode, we travel back up north, that RBS, real bay shit. I've been talking to Elliot behind the scenes for a really long time, and we were finally able to get him on the podcast, which I was super stoked about. Huge fan of Gulch. I appreciate everything they're doing for their scene up north. I was able to catch them at FYA, which was super awesome and uh, still a, a trip to me that FY is the only fest to happen this year. Obviously, uh, there's a reason for that, the whole pandemic situation. But I, I really hope that things turn around and there could be another fest that happens and just kind of get the ball rolling again for hardcore. And uh, I know this is hardcore announced their dates in August. So I'm looking forward to see what they have lined up, see how they're going to pull this whole thing off. I'm really interested and curious to see because we're all dying to get back to shows. It's been strange for us to not be able to go, but I'm still stoked that we're still keeping the community going. Bands are still putting out new music. Everybody's doing their best to promote and share and just, you know, keep the word of hardcore alive. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how that pans out this year. Gulch will be releasing a new record, which Ellie and I kind of dive into. And he shared way more than I thought he would, which had me pretty stoked because I'm just so curious about what the new record's going to sound like. It's called Impenetrable Cerebral Fortress, which was uh, leaked on Twitter. If you follow one of their, their guitar players, he was auctioning off uh, Test Press, which I thought was really awesome. And uh, he just dropped the name of the record, which had me buzzing i was just so curious like okay this name of the new record i, I want to know more so elliot shared what he could which i thought was awesome and it was a really fun conversation he went into the history of gulch learned a lot about the band and i'm, I'm really stoked to see where they go in the future uh they're going to release that new 
LP that I just mentioned, and I'm really looking forward to hearing it. So I hope you guys strap in and enjoy this podcast. So without further ado, please welcome Elliot to the podcast. live welcome to the podcast elliot what's going on dude this is so awesome i'm a huge fan of gulch uh, you know what's crazy is i i think about the the last time i saw you guys was at fya oh for real yeah which I, i'm like Damn. trying to think yeah I'm, I'm trying to think like did you guys uh, not play uh, in southern california like after that my memory's so bad when it comes to me remembering shows I think we played in SoCal after it was like a week or two after I can't remember. Um, Cause I know when things in a row and one of them was LA, it might have been after FYA. Okay. All right. Well, let's jump back to the very beginning. You guys put out a demolition of human construct uh, in 2017. Um, Way back then, uh, can you talk about uh, where the idea of Gulch came from and how you guys decided to start the band? Yeah, so um, me and my boy Cole, who I've been in like almost every band with, um, we moved together to Scotts Valley with like his wife and a roommate of his. Um, and we kind of just ended an old band and wanted to keep doing something new, but like really low key. So we were like, all right, let's just start something, play maybe a few shows local, drop some music. And, you know, because we were both busy, super busy at the time. And uh, ended up meeting Sammy and Tim from Drain because uh, Scotts Valley is like right outside of Santa Cruz. And um, we just kind of met them, decided, yeah, let's fucking jam. And yeah, next thing we knew, it was like, all right, put out a demo and see what happens but i mean we weren't expecting much at all honestly okay and when you guys put out that uh you know first release were you guys like pretty active as a band or did it just kind of you know, do things here and there i mean we played like I, I don't think we played a show until after we put it out so we played a show and we didn't really practice much um we just kind of like Colin and Sammy, the drummer, practiced a few times together, wrote most of the stuff, and it was kind of just really low-key. So, I mean, after that first show, I mean, we played a few others, but it wasn't like we had plans to, like, tour or do anything crazy off of it, just did tapes ourselves and fucking went from there. At, at that point, um, in your guys' scene up there, were kids pretty perceptive of Gulch when you guys first came out, or did it take a while for kids to catch on? It, it took a second. Um, I mean, it's not like we had, like, really bad shows where, you know, it's like you first start a band, there's, like, you know, nobody really watches or whatever. I mean, we were kind of lucky because we've all been in bands for a while, like, in the scene. So people like, already knew us, and we were, like, we had friends in the scene. So it wasn't like we had to start from the bottom, 
like most bands do, like we've done before. So, I mean, we had we had good reactions and stuff. I, I guess like people did kind of jump onto the demo pretty hard, and I was kind of surprised by that, honestly. So the demo came out in 2017, and it was uh, like early 2017. And then your next release, uh, Burning Desire to Draw Last Breath, in between those two records, when did you guys decide you wanted to release something again? Because there's only a, a year gap, and I, I feel like that's like, uh, you know, pretty active for a band to you know have a new release like the following year. So when did you guys realize like, okay, cool, the demo hit, kids are digging this, we're, we're playing some cool shows, let's start writing a new record, or was that already in the process? I think just because we had like some momentum going from the demo and we were like getting hit up for all these random shows, we were like, all right, maybe we should just kind of like hop on and start writing some new stuff. And, and Cole was already kind of like in that mode where he was just writing riff after riff just because. Um, so I think it was just kind of like it just naturally happened. He was already kind of on the path of like writing more stuff and we kind of were all still where it was going. So we we're like, all right, fuck it. Like we'll do do a new release we'll just you know i guess see who will we'll put it out and we ended up hitting the homie from creator destructor in oakland like almost immediately after we we wrote all the songs because he put out some previous stuff of ours with like a uh, spinebreaker and so he was like yeah man i'll put this out like for sure and we we're like okay like i will for sure do this record then you know we have someone who's putting it out we don't got to come out of pocket for it and then, yeah, so it really was only a year, I guess. Um, yeah. I, I felt like maybe it was longer, but damn. I don't know. I, I'm not I'm good at keeping track with, with that kind of shit, but I just know it kind of just kept moving along. There wasn't like a big pause or anything. Yeah, based off of Bandcamp, it says you guys released Demolition of Human Construct January 2017, and then Burning Desire to Draw Last Breath came out May 2018. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Damn. Yeah, I guess we just kept the ball rolling. I mean, Cole is good at just pumping out riffs, so all I have to do is write vocals last minute, which is always my problem, but we get it done somehow. And is there any way you can explain the, the artwork for the record? Because I, I find it um, pretty interesting, and the uh, person sitting at the table, I, I know that that mask is reoccurring. Yeah, so I don't even know how we found the, this artist. Um, his name is Boone. He lives in Canada. Um, he's a tattoo artist as well. Um, someone must have came across his art on like Instagram. I think it was, it was either Cole or Christian, and um, we were sending it back to each other and like, dude, like this shit's crazy. Like, you know, what what do you think if we use this for art? Because Cole did the the layout for the demo and we usually just, you know, do everything ourselves, but I don't know, something about the art we just really liked. We hit up the guy and he was down for it and told him kind of like, these are the song titles, you know, if you want to work off that for the record and that's what he came up with and we were like super stoked on it. I don't know, I haven't seen stuff like that in a long time and his art's really original, so... I felt it just worked for what we were trying to do, which was not fall into typical, you know, like stereotypical hardcore look. You know, not necessarily super on purpose, but I mean, 
there's so many bands that just kind of bite off each other thinking they have to to be a hardcore band so we were trying to stay away from that for sure yeah i I definitely see that and whenever i I come across the album art i'm like wow this is like really interesting and when i look at that i I wouldn't uh, assume that it's a hardcore record so i i I think um, it looks like pretty abstract but i'm definitely into it and i'm always like curious about it because it has like all the different like uh, i guess it would be masks like on that brick wall and then you know you look at the table there's the what looks like a revolver and then like the bottle about to fall off the table it's pretty interesting there's a lot going on there yeah it it, it, I don't know, man. Something about just the way it looks, like it's not super perfect. So it's kind of like weird. It kind of makes me feel like weird staring at it. You see all these little things in there, and it's like, wow, that's kind of fucked up looking. It's funny, too, because usually I don't check out a lot of stuff if the artwork's like really strange, and they're like, they're trying to like show you their hardcore band, but they got this weird ass look to it. And to me, sometimes I'm like, oh, they're just trying to be, like, different too much, and it's going to be weird. So I'm like, damn, like, we kind of did that. I'm surprised, like, people actually still checked it out because, I mean, that's just me. I'm hella weird like that, but I'm stoked on it. Yeah, and uh, just curious, you guys sold out of the vinyl. Any chance for another pressing? I think we, shit, I think we did three pressings of those. Yes. Honestly, I'm not sure. I mean, the dude over at Creator Destructor kind of just been doing his own thing, which is fine. But I think we're on the third one already. But I, I don't know. We don't personally have any plans for anything like repress for that one. Not yet, at least. Okay. I noticed that um, uh, you guys credit uh, Alex Herrera for designing you guys' logo, which I think is super awesome. Hell yeah. Uh, I, when I look at that, I'm like, okay, I feel like the logo like perfectly like kind of encapsulates like what Gulch is. Yeah, um, I mean, Alex fucking knows what he's doing, hundred percent. So I mean, all we got to do is tell him what we want, and you know, he hits it first try. I mean, he's done so many logos for bands around the bay and like um, all over. So obviously, I'm gonna hit him up. That's the homie for sure. Yeah, because I sometimes like when I look at like um, metal fonts, uh, sometimes it gets like a little too crazy, and I'm just like, I don't even know what that mm-hmm. says. But when I look at the the Gulch one, just like with like the, the lettering and just with the spikes coming off, I just feel like that's just perfect. It's just like as simple and it's not too crazy, but you know, it, it just uh, looks so awesome. Yeah, we for sure told them to, you know, not do it super death metal because we're not a death metal band. But I mean, he could do it all, so. You know, as long as we're like, yeah, don't make us look like a death metal band, you can do it, no problem. Okay. There's a, a track on uh, Burning Desire to Draw Last Breath, uh, EPTS. Can you talk about mm-hmm. what that song means? Um, It's really just, um, I don't know, a lot of the songs I write are super personal, but I write in a way that it's not blatantly like, oh, like me this song's about me, this song's about, you know, whatever. Um, EPTS just stands for Ever Present Thoughts of Suicide. Um, I feel like it's pretty straightforward when you think about it that way, is like people who are that way and who have, you know, suicidal tendencies and shit, it's it's like it doesn't just go away. It's kind of always there. So, I mean, ever present. Just kind of wanted to be blunt with it without 
putting it 100% in the name, and it's a long-ass name that way anyway, so it's really just about that kind of shit, you know, and people's, you know, mental struggles with suicide and depression and shit. It just kind of runs rampant in my family, and, you know, I mean, you could fucking name 10 of your homies and probably half of them have those kind of thoughts as well, so it's just kind of like a sad reality yeah, that yeah. I like writing about. And do you still deal with that stuff today? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that shit never goes away. It's just kind of how you deal with it. I mean, I'm at a good job. You know, I got my, you know, living space where I want it. Having that little shit like that helps, but, you know, you just got to deal with it day by day. Yeah, and I, I guess you always kind of appreciate, like, these small victories just kind of try to, like, always reassess and try to keep moving forward and keep things positive. Oh, yeah. It, it's all about the little things, at least for me. Like, that's how I look at it. So it's like, you know, people have, you know, big goals they try to reach or, or whatever. But, I mean, I, I've tried all kinds of bullshit and it's nothing's really helped. I think as I got older, it's kind of become less, you know, in my face every day because I have a lot of responsibilities. I have shit I got to take care of. So I kind of have to focus on, on moving forward and not kind of getting stuck with that kind of shit. So... It's like me sitting in my chair by the window, fucking, you know, just looking out and chilling, eating my food, like that kind of stuff just kind of brings me back down and makes me not have to think about all kinds of different shit. So it's weird like that, you know, just getting out, getting sun and trying not to just be stuck in a dark room all day too, for sure helps me. Um, obviously we're still going through the pandemic. Uh, how are things going on up there where you're at? It's been chill, honestly. Um, I mean, right when it hit, I was looking for work uh, back in San Jose with, like, my old boss. And um, he had some stuff for me, so it was cool. I got to work for a few weeks because uh, my job out here got shut down, like, immediately. Then, you know, I was still locked up for a little bit and doing push-ups and watching TV and taking walks and cleaning my room, just, like, being super on top of that kind of stuff. So it kind of got to me for a little bit, but... I made the most of it. And are, are things like uh, opening back up out in your area? Because down here um, where I'm at in Orange County, uh, things are slowly progressing towards um, opening up. Like there's um, actual restaurants now where you can go dine in. But obviously there's like, you know, safety measures that the restaurants have to take. Like uh, my buddy and I went out to this uh, Korean spot last weekend and we got like temperature checked. They had like this um, device like in the lobby where they had us like stand in front of and it, uh, you know, uh, checked our temperature and, and, you know, told us that we were good to go which was like pretty interesting i'd never done anything like that before especially in a restaurant so i'm just curious how things are in your area um they haven't i haven't seen that yet but i mean at this point i'm cool off just getting takeout anyways at home and hanging out and eating but i have to do that for my job um every morning we take our temperature we fill out a paper you know do you have any symptoms no do you have a headache no blah 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 um, do you have your proper PPE for work, your mask? Like, are you willing to follow safety protocols and you have to sign it? Um, can't share tools. Um, got to obviously still stay six feet away. Um, if you break any of the rules, it gets in your home like immediately. So it, it's kind of strict, but it makes sense. So at least we're working. But other than that, I mean, Target and stuff has been open, but you still got to line up out the door and wear masks and all that stuff. But. It's it's not too bad. I mean, I don't let it bother me. I'm not tripping on it. 
I, I'm just curious. Uh, how does your work check your temperature? We have, it's this weird one that you rub across your forehead, and they just sanitize it between each person that uses it. And has anybody at your work, uh, you know, tested positive, or do you know anybody who's tested positive for uh, COVID nineteen? Nah, I don't know anyone personally. Um, a bunch of my friends, though, they like have guys at their work who have like tested positive for it. They shut down for a couple of days and get everybody back in, and you know, make sure everything's sanitized. But I, I haven't had any personal personal people that I know test for it. Yeah, same here. And I, uh, to my knowledge, I, I don't have it, but I'm, I'm curious to, to know if I if I've had it and I just didn't know because you know there's like that antibody test where it'll, it'll be able to tell you that uh, or be able to check if you've had it or not. I think I for sure had it at FYA. Honestly, I mean, hell of fools I know had the same ass symptoms. I mean, my mom was tripping; she was like super sick. And everybody's traveling like crazy, and that was right around the time when it was like actually coming to the states. Apparently, based on you know whatever the World Health Organization says. So, I mean, for all I know, I've I've had it, but yeah, I get sick pretty easily, anyways. Yeah, it, it is pretty interesting when uh, people kind of look back and uh, think about the end of last year and early this year, uh, and and people remembering how sick they were, and nobody really realized what it was. Even at FYA, I, I had a buddy. Um, that I went with and he got uh, put in the hospital like the night uh, the night after the um, first night of FYA uh, we had Damn. to take yeah we had to take him to the hospital like in the middle of the night and now looking back his because uh, like he had some like um, like some weird like blood disorder like pop up and like he almost died and he, he's been seeing um, uh, these like doctors to like monitor his blood to make sure um, that it doesn't like pop up again um, and th- they were trying to figure out like what caused it and just recently they're uh, you know thinking that maybe he had uh, you know COVID-19 back in January and his body was just trying to fight it off and that's why back then they couldn't figure out what was wrong with him that makes sense. I mean, that that's exactly what I was thinking. You know, it's new. People don't know what it is. Young people who can find it off, get over it, and then just move on, you know. I mean, I've never had to go in to the doctor for any time. I've really been sick because I just kind of waited out, you know. Yeah, same here. Like, I I rarely get sick, um, but when I do, I, I just kind of just sit at home and just hope to get better. So I, I definitely understand, like, you know, that point. Yeah, but yeah. I had no idea you were sick during FYA. You were so you were sick during the fest. No, I got sick after. It okay. was like the because my girl got it really bad the last day, mm-hmm. and then by the time I got home, I was like, yeah, I don't feel good either. <laughs> she was still sick, and I know uh, some of the other guys got really sick too. Like pretty much everybody we were around at some point got sick when they got back. That's crazy. Yeah. I yeah, it's, it's only a trip to think back about that. But I, I was actually uh, curious about your guys' time at FYA cuz I I know there was like a lot of uh, you know crazy events. Like your guys' set was awesome. Um I actually just watched that uh, footage like recently and then there's like the whole hoodie situation. So can you talk about what your experience was like at FYA? FYA was sick, man. That was our first time. Um that was my first time going and obviously first time playing. I don't know, man. Florida's cool. Um, we were just kicking it around, getting hella vegan food and solid water. Um, had a cool little Airbnb. There was, like, chickens everywhere. 
because we stayed in Ebor, and I guess it's like a thing out there. There's chickens all over the damn place. Um, but yeah, we got to see a lot of cool people, a lot of cool bands. Um, the set was cool. We, I mean, it was a good old time. Like we had a good reaction. I was pretty surprised because first time being out that way. But I think that was when it really hit that, like, you know, people fuck with us. Like seeing it in person, I was like, oh damn, like this is crazy. Like we're in Florida and there's actually people watching us. And then yeah, the whole hoodie thing was was wild, man. I was not expecting that. Um, me personally, I'm not like a big merch guy. So when people drop like, you know, new shirts, I'm like, oh yeah, cool. Like, but it, it's not like my thing. So seeing people like kind of freak out over something of ours, like was kind of weird, especially since, um, a girl out here made this like random design for us, not even intended for like, you know, a piece of merch. And we ended up just being like, Hey, like, can we actually use this? We'll just throw it on a hoodie. And we're like, you know, whatever. Didn't think much of it. And then, it just kind of blew up and you know the bunch of bunch of young girls ambushed us at the airport you know asking if they could buy it like right when we landed and you know next thing you know it's like people are just lining up the second we get there and i don't know it just kind of threw me off i wasn't expecting it and you know not my thing you know i i saw it, it get posted and a lot of people uh, reacting on Twitter and I, I follow Cole and I, I saw that he posted your guys's, um, you, you know, uh, which terminal you guys were landing in and, and at what time. And I thought, <laughs> I thought he was just trolling. I, I thought he was just, you know, being like, all right, cool. I'm going to put this out there. And I didn't think anybody actually showed up, but I remember, uh, like earlier in the day, uh, the, the day you guys played, uh, I, I actually ran into Cole and I, I, I talked to him. because I was just curious. I was like, Hey, like, you know, how many hoodies do you guys have? And he told me, he's like, dude, he's like, people came to the airport, the airport and bought some from us. And like, like we had to stop selling them because we needed to save some for the fest. He's like, yeah, he's like, honestly, we don't have a lot. And I was like, damn, that's fucking crazy that people actually showed up to the airport. Like they took, um, you know, like the information that he posted on Twitter and they're all right, cool. Like we want this hoodie that bad that we're going to go to the airport. And I'm pretty sure you guys landed like around, like it was like 10 PM if I remember correctly. Like it was like later in the evening. I can't remember. I think it was still light out, honestly. Okay. But still like, uh, yeah, I was just not expecting. It. I didn't even think when Cole posted it, I thought it was fake. Like I didn't realize it was a, our actual itinerary. Uh -huh. So then when it happened, I was like, "Oh, no wonder, fool!" Like because you posted that shit. Like, but yeah, I didn't think anybody would pull up. But I mean, you know, props to them. You know, they got theirs. This is crazy. Yeah, like they got theirs at the airport, and they didn't have to, uh, you know, stand in that huge line. Because like I had friends that uh, you know couldn't make it to the fest, and some people texted me like, "Hey, is there any way you can pick me up the gold hoodie?" And I was like, "Sure." I was like, "I'll try, um, see what happens." And I remember watching your guys' set, and I remember turning around because I, I knew where you guys set up your merch. So I, I remember turning around. Yeah. And I saw how long the line was. I was like, okay, there's no way I'm getting that hoodie based off like the info that Cole gave me on how many you guys actually had left and versus how many people I saw online. So I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm not even gonna even try. And I, I was like, you know, tripping out at how long it was and then like caring about how people were waiting, like, you know, even before you guys even played your set. I was like, damn, that's so crazy that people like wanted that hoodie that bad. I think we only made Cole's probably going to be mad I even said this. I think when we made like 30 for the, because we didn't think anybody wanted them mm -hmm. until it was like too late. Like we printed them and people started tripping and we were like, fuck, like we only made like a small amount and we have to leave. Like <laughs> we can't make any, well, 
I, we couldn't even fit anymore on the plane. It was too late to ship them. Mm-hmm. You know, we just weren't ready for that kind of like hype over a sweater. So we we're like, damn, like, well, whoever gets it, gets it. I mean, we'll print more late. Cause we're not like that thing. We're like, oh, these are expensive. We're just going to put out like a little bit and everybody is screwed. Like, haha, you know, like it fools really wanted downtown. Yeah. I mean, we reprinted hell of those hoodies. So, I mean, at this point, it's not like a rare item. You know, people want it, fine. Like, you know, we'll make more. But at, at this point, we're we're done with it. You know, I'm, I'm tired of looking at the thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I know people are, like, hating on it and hating on fools who have it. But, man, whatever. Like, they would like the hoodie. They got the hoodie. Leave them alone. But I just thought that shit was crazy. Yeah, because you, you got to think we're in Florida. It, it's January. It, it, it's not that cold. And, like, we're about to hit, <laughs> you know, like, we're about to, like, winter's about to end. So, like, you know, the, the uh, market for hoodies, like, you know, isn't, like, shouldn't be that popular. But the fact that it was, like, insane, I, I, I thought it was, like, pretty cool. And I actually did appreciate the fact that you guys were like, all right, cool. Uh, we sold out. Like, there's still demand for it. We're going to just, uh, you know, leave it open for you. Because, like, obviously, you guys, like, you know, reopened it, sold out, like, again. And you're like, all right, fuck it. Like, we're just going to open order. You guys just, everybody who wants to just order it, and then we'll make them. And then, boom, that's it. Like, like end of story. Like, I, I thought that was really cool of you guys to, to want to meet the demand for the hoodie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I said, I don't want to be that, that band. It's just, like trying to be super mysterious and like you know exclusive i mean i was telling people in line at foia i was like yo we're gonna print more like you're for sure not gonna get one you wait in the back of the line like honestly just like don't don't stand in line like we'll make more and you can get it online and they still stood there and i felt bad because you know um it was other bands playing i think only other one other band was playing while they were in line and then they were in line for us like while we were playing as well and i thought that was a little weird but you know not my thing i don't know shit about waiting in line for merch so i mean if that's what people do then that's what people do but i don't know i think it's kind of goofy honestly yeah i think the last time i remember like waiting in line for merch was it was like i want to say like sound and fury 2010 maybe uh it was like at the time the rival mob like people were like flipping rival mob t-shirts on like ebay for like 80 dollars and jesus yeah which i which was like weird and the band was like okay that's really weird so we're gonna limit like one shirt per customer so like people like you know got in line and were only able to buy like one shirt and you know kept it moving so i'm pretty sure that was like the last time i I, like camped out for like a piece of merch yeah i know rival mob was um, people were buying this shit like crazy like I remember seeing it yeah, come and go and then just be posted up on eBay like the next day for hell expensive and I was like dude like what like some of Boston Strangler if you like at least for like vinyl and shit like a lot of their tapes and stuff went for a lot of money like cause they didn't make a whole hell of a lot of them like not the early stuff that's for sure yeah you know I, I find it pretty interesting that you mentioned that you kind of like or kind of hit you at FYA that you know people kind of um you know fucked with gulch because i i thought um like the turning point for you guys was when you released the promo in 2019 because i felt like mm-hmm. like the day that came out it was everywhere like like all over instagram twitter like uh i actually uh, you know listened to it like the first day it came out and i was like oh this is this is insane and I felt like that was the, the the turning point in my eyes for you guys because like you know like the promo came out and then um, you guys uh, did that run it was a uh, drain hands of God and Gulch you guys uh, you know you guys all went and played 
um, that it was at tour. Like, I can't remember all, all the dates, but I remember you guys played Louisville. Um, you guys played. Uh, I'm not sure. I can't remember if it was the. This is hardcore was a, a part of that same run. No, we played this is hardcore before the tour, and then we told. Yeah, you know what? Maybe it was really this is hardcore. Where it was like, okay, like damn, this is this is crazy. And then the tour was like all the shows were really surprisingly good. And then I guess that's when it kind of hit me then. And, you know, just to keep that momentum into January, I was like, okay, like, you know, we're doing something right. But, yeah. yeah. Dude, all, all our shows on that tour were really sick. I mean, Hands of God and Drain 2 had, like, insane reactions. It was just super sick. Uh, there was that video from the Louisville show where uh, when you guys started playing, everybody busted out those belts and started hitting you. Uh, was there like some sort of like backstory behind that on, on why they did that or was that just like you know some uh, thing you guys did for fun well so I, I don't remember what show it was where I started doing that I think it was one of Santa Cruz honestly I just randomly took my belt up and started hitting fools with it um, including like you know Cole and Christian and you know I would just kind of like punch Christian or kick the hell out of him randomly just because it was funny mm-hmm. and so I think it kind of just stemmed from that and so on tour I kept doing the same shit you know whipping the belt out at some point and just smacking everybody on stage with it and so they plotted against me last day of the <laughs> last day of the tour they, uh, I had no idea they were going to do that so I just kind of saw them all standing around I thought nothing of it and next thing I know I'm getting jumped that's so crazy but that's yeah. what I get, honestly. Yeah, no, it was like definitely like you know pretty interesting, uh, you know, to see. But look, it was all in good fun. You guys are having a good time. Uh, that show looked awesome. Hell yeah, the show was crazy. Okay, it's actually funny. There was, I, I love the story. I always forget to like talk about it with people, but this dude came up to me uh, before the set and was like, "Hey man, like I want you to like hurt me during the set." And I was like, "What?" I was like, "All right, <laughs> what?" Okay. So I don't know, man, just like hit me. Cause I mean, at that point people kind of saw that we did that already. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, like whatever. And after I get jumped by everybody with the belt, one of the homies like left his on the floor right in front of me. And I just grab it and I just throw it, just randomly throw it. I didn't even look. And I guess like later he came up to me and his face was all cut up. He's like, man, you hit me with the bell. Like, hell yeah. And I was like, what? what the fuck you mean? I ended up seeing a video and you could see the belt flying and hitting that dude specifically right in his face. And he was just like super stoked about it. And I thought that shit was just crazy. I was like, damn, like what luck, you know, I just happened to hit that fool who asked me to hit him yeah. with a random belt. Yeah. Cause that, that definitely, I feel like is a strange request, like, especially like right before your set and like, Hey, well, I want you to hurt me. But, um, at least you, you didn't have to do it like intentionally and like, you know, have it be weird. You kind of just, you know, it all just happened by chance. Yeah. It's just a crazy, you know, twist of fate, I guess. And, um, so every time I've ever seen you guys, you guys always have your, your shirts off. I, I feel like that's a, you know, it's like a cool branding. Like I, I know, like when I, I see Gulch, you know, everybody's gonna have their shirts off. Is there a specific reason why you guys do that? We did it randomly when we played in Fresno because it was stupid hot because Fresno was always stupid hot. True. We were playing at CYC. Um, and it just, you know, we just kind of were like, all right, it's hot, you know, and I'd take it off and someone else would. And then it just kind of happened. We were all, you know, shirtless on stage and we never like meant to like make it a thing. I think someone like made a joke about it. And then the next time we're like, 
you know, we were playing and someone was like, why are you guys' shirts on? You know, eventually it just kind of became a thing. Like, unintentionally, we went, oh, whatever, let's just do it. And now it's just kind of habit, and it's it's stupid because I don't like gimmicks, but it's also funny because I don't really give a shit because it's like, whatever. But it's just funny that people expect that from us now, and it's kind of like if we don't do it, it'd be weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I, really get it. But I, I feel it's like the the only time I ever look forward to seeing guys with their shirts off is like, all right, cool, culture's playing, everybody's taking their shirts off. I'm like, all right, cool, everything seems right. <laughs> like, let's get it going. Yeah, I know, right? It's like, and then people in the crowd do it too, and it's just like, all right, cool, like, you know, people are weird, and I fuck with it. Okay, so you guys put out the the promo, uh, which was awesome. I, like I said, I feel like that was the the turning point that came out in July. Uh, did you guys plan to just wait till the new year to try to put out the new record, or did you guys have plans that just um, you know didn't come to fruition for twenty nineteen? Well, so the promo we kind of had like a different idea for the promo at first. Um, we were going to do like those two songs and then maybe a live set that the homie and SJ recorded, like just a live audio mm-hmm. on like a tape, you know, like the two promos and then the, the beast side would be the live set. Not really planned to have like a full release yet, but then it just kind of like became this thing where, Cole was still writing. He had some songs in the works already. And we were like, okay, maybe we should just drop these as a promo instead of just like a little, you know, side thing and then work towards, you know, an LP. Cause normally I don't like doing LPs, but it, it's still, you know, short and sweet enough for me to be like, okay, like I'm down for it. No filler. And, you know, cause I, I just, I feel like when you do an LP, sometimes there's just, bound to be filler tracks and stuff to like pad out that time you know you got to make to make it an lp um but yeah i mean we just kind of shopped around and had ideas on if we wanted to have somebody else put it out and we ended up getting hit up by a closed cast game we were like all right let's you know we'll do that got what we wanted you know we didn't have expectations to tour because we are all super busy full-time working and everything so as long as we were able to, you know, come to an agreement with Closed Casket, then we were down to put it out. So, and then once, you know, once you get put on with the label, it takes time for them to actually put it out because, you know, they take it to a specific plant and you got to get the artwork approved and the mastering. And so just kind of, you know, when we do shit ourselves, it's obviously going to come out quicker, but, you know, it's not up to us at this point, but I'm not really stressed on it. It's kind of good we waited anyways with all the shit that's going on in the world right now it's kind of other things to focus on so th- that's one thing I, I wanted to touch on you mentioned closed casket uh early january you tweeted uh about uh gulch uh, being on closed casket and i uh, you know, looked around and I, I didn't see any like official announcement from closed casket and then um recently uh, one of your guitar players um, was auctioning off a test press of the new record, Impenetrable Cerebral Fortress, and um, one of the yeah. pictures shows um, closed casted ac- activities. So I'm, uh, you know, obviously it's official. You're saying it on here, but um, have, have they just, uh, you know, been keeping, uh, you know, things quiet un- until they can actually have like an official release with the actual record? They made a post um, on Instagram 
Okay. It was like uh, the the mask that we always have mm-hmm. on our artwork uh, with the closed casket logo around it, like the the bullets. And then um, that's kind of like how we just announced it, but there wasn't anything crazy where we did like a big, you know, promo shot and all the stuff. Because I mean, we just like to keep it low key, anyways. And it's funny that you mentioned the the auction because that fool wasn't even supposed to talk about the album name yet. <laughs> Nobody knew it. And we'll just like name drops it, which is fine, like whatever. But the dude from Close Cassidy wasn't really tripping. But um, so it's funny that you you mentioned that because yeah, that wasn't really supposed to be known yet. But I mean, we're just keeping it all low key until the records are actually out. Um, that way, it's not like you know you get overhyped stuff sometimes, and it's just kind of like a little weird when it comes out and falls short. And I just never want to be that band. So when it comes out, it comes out and. You know, people can just have it right away. And uh, so, so I'm just curious, uh, can you talk about how many tracks are on the record, or um, do you have to keep that stuff, like, private still? Nah, whatever. It's, um, I think there's eight. So seven and a cover. Oh. Which okay. I which I say, but yeah, uh, a cover's on there, which is cool. That's awesome. And is, like, the artwork and everything finalized? Yeah, we have the artwork. We actually had the artwork like over a year ago. Like the dude made it like immediately. Oh wow! Uh, when we hit him up and told him that we were even planning on doing another record, and he just had it right away. So uh, we just been sitting on it. Did you go back to Boone? Same guy. Yeah, we had to. Oh wow, dude! Sure. Okay, that's exciting. I'm actually really excited to hear that because I was really curious if you were going to go back to him because obviously um, you, you had uh, you know just like a, a layout for for the promo. Which was um, was that done by Cat, if I remember correctly? Um, so, yeah, yeah, she did that, which was really cool. Okay, yeah, so, so I wasn't sure if you were going to go back to like like you know like like legit album art for the record, or if you're going to do something um, simple. But okay, th- that's really awesome to hear that you guys went back to him. That's so sick. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're, I mean, he's you know he did us well the first time. It was like super cool. He's a great guy. So you know, might as well. I mean, we do like supporting like the homies around here. That's why we had Kat do the, the promo art and stuff. And, you know, we, we get a lot of our designs from like homies around here. And, you know, if, if Cole doesn't do the stuff himself, so. Okay. But it is cool to go back to Boone. He's a good guy. Yeah. Hell yeah. I, I'm, I'm seriously like, I'm, I'm stoked to hear that. Um, but uh, going back to um, the auction, I, I thought that was awesome that, uh, he your guitar player auctioned off that that test press because I, I saw like um so many bands coming together and just trying to do what they can to help out with um what's going on so i i thought that was really awesome of him because like obviously like the record's not out and people like love test presses like that's like you know stuff that are like highly sought after so the fact that um he was willing to do that on something that's not even out yet i, I thought that's like really cool of him to do that it's good to see man like the fact that all these bands are are doing what they're doing you know trying to make money for a good cause it's like you know it's exactly what this shit is about you know like fools want to preach this and that and talk about it in songs and whatever and take a hard stance you know behind like a internet you know like a fucking computer screen so to see it actually happening in real life and fools out there you know, doing their part and raising money and you know physical you know physical help is is what we need so it, it the hardcore community doing that is yeah it's what it's all about you know what i mean yeah because you gotta think about um 
we're all kind of in the same boat where with this whole situation with no shows going on, which is insane. Cause you gotta think about th- there's never really been a time where we're all kind of experiencing like, like the same thing at the same time. So the fact that, uh, you know, th- there was no shows and we're all just dying to, to get to a gig, to see a band, like whatever band it is. Um, but then, uh, you know, these protests happening and seeing the scene come together again and being like for the majority of like, everybody that uh, I'm like a fan of or people that I'm friends with, uh, we're all kind of on the same side and everybody coming together and just like raising so much like awareness and even like, you know, just raising all the amounts of money, which is insane. And, and it was just cool even to see like, you know, bands that aren't even like super active anymore, like coming out and just trying to do their part and just kind of use like whatever platform they have just to try to, you know, just do it for a good cause. I, I thought it was just like really awesome and just like really cool to see us like you know be able to come together and just like kind of just do our part and you know speak and you know do what we always like you know like want to support yeah exactly um everybody has a platform and you know as long as you use it the right way you know you you get the message out across i mean a lot of people probably feel obligated at this point too like you know if you're not doing it and using your platform for the right reasons then you know, what the hell are you doing? Is it for personal gain? Like, are you just here to make a name for yourself, make money and fill your pockets in a dip? Or, you know, that's how I like to look at it. So as long as everybody's doing what they, you know, preach, then, you know, we're all here for the same reasons. Yeah, and I uh, try not to get too caught up, uh, you know, in trying to call people out on, um, you know, being fake about it. I, I just, you know, want to just try to focus on the positive and you know try to make the change and then maybe we can go back and try to call out the people who are being fake about it yeah as long as you do your, your part and you know that you know for me it's like i know i do what i do and what other people are out there you know faking and, and front and shit it's like that's their business mm-hmm. and it'll come back to them eventually everybody's going to see that fool who's out there just doing the shit to make himself look cool but he really ain't doing anything people see that you know it, it, a fraud is easy to spot so i mean someone else is going to call that fool out anyways but i'm just focusing on me and doing my part and the people in my circle making sure we're all doing what we need to do and everybody else is going to get theirs in the end so yeah, for sure. I, I I definitely feel the same way. Like uh, there, uh, like people like you know talking about how it's like you know corny to go and take like a selfie at, at the protest, and I'm just like, okay, cool. I was like, I'm, I'm glad that's a thing because uh, to to go and just kind of show off that you're there, but like uh, taking a selfie, I, I think is just really corny. So um, I, I'm glad people were you know talking about that, and that's just one thing that that I like you know feels like really corny. So. I, I want to see less of that. I just think it's like, dangerous too. You know what I mean? It's like you're putting your face out there to people who are very much against the movement. Mm-hmm. And if they really want to do something to you, they already know exactly what you look like. And they know what you're wearing to these things and where you're at and how often you're going. I mean, it's so easy to just open up Instagram, watch someone's story, be like, oh, he's there right now, you know, and I'm going to pull up and I'm going to catch him out there. You know, it, it really takes no time at all to catch somebody something like that so you know posting shit after you've left is definitely how you should be doing it you know once you're home you can post videos and stuff but i mean at the end of the day you don't want fools faces on it. you know it's not very smart and if you're doing it for clout it's like all right you know we see you we see you out there just taking pics and leaving 
it's not cool at all. Yeah, because uh, there's a, that famous video of that r- reporter who ended up losing her job where she like went and like asked like some guy. She's like, hey, can I hold your drill and make it look like I'm like helping you board up to this shop? But it was all being filmed. And she literally just took the photo, handed the guy's drill back and then just kind of like trot it off. Oh, like, she lost her job over that? Yeah, yeah. I, I was reading reports that she was yeah. like she was some reporter and uh, it, it went so viral. So many people saw that people found out who she was. And yeah, they're like, wow, like that's so fake and so wrong. Like, see ya. I thought it was just some random like, you know, Instagram celebrity or some bullshit. But that's that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. People are so stupid. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely wild. But yeah, it, it's, it's definitely um, like definitely an interesting time in our history. And, and I'm like really hoping for positive change. Uh, so I, I'm just, you know, just kind of trying to follow the news uh, that I get from social media. That's where I, I get all my news is from Twitter. Because uh, I feel like it, it just comes so fast. And I and obviously, like, I don't take every single tweet as like, you know, the truth. I always try to dig a little deeper to find out what actually is true. But I'm just hoping, uh, you know, in the end, there's positive change and you know we can kind of restructure this whole like corrupt thing going on oh yeah i mean it's one step at a time i mean this shit has been a long time coming it's just now more people are seeing it i feel like the internet has really made it so easy for people to access information that once something like that happens um like george floyd everybody sees it and everybody is just immediately like boom like we're gonna do this we're gonna protest out here and then you know, you don't even have to see the shit on TV before you know what's going on. Like, it's you got people who are there and you trust and you see them post stuff. And it's that's mainly where I get it from. It's either being there or people I know that I trust being there and posting about it, like what's actually going on. That's, you know, eyewitness is definitely the most true account of what's actually happening in this world. Because if you don't see it, it's easy to fake it. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Like if um, that that girl didn't film that video of what happened to George Floyd, like, you know, that would have just probably got swept under the rug and we wouldn't be out here trying to make change today. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was going to be, okay, who's next to die before people actually, you know, get some of this shit again. You know, it's just, it's it's sad, but that's how it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, just want to switch gears and bring it back to to Gulch. Uh, I seriously can't remember. I don't know my my memory so bad, but uh, you guys were scheduled to headline a show in Texas. Can you talk about how that yeah. came about? Um. Oh, sorry. What was the question at the end there? Oh, I, I didn't hear you. Can you talk about how that um, whole thing came together? Oh, yeah. I'm not sure. Someone hit up. I think. I think it was Cole or Sammy. I don't know. I don't deal with a lot of the booking because I have a horrible memory and I forget and I get asked things and I never ask anybody because I just honestly just have the worst memory. So if I get hit up for anything, just FYI for anybody listening that's, you know, don't hit me up because I will forget. Um, I don't know. The guy booking it just kind of reached out and was like, hey, I'm doing this fest weekend in texas you know i know it's like a wednesday thursday or thursday friday but you know it's sick if you guys come out you will get another show going um that thrasher thing and then you know you can make a weekend out of it so we're like all right you know and then we got hit up to do a show under some bridge out in austin then i guess no warnings played before 
and it was going to be like two shows in one night. So we were super stoked. And then obviously this coronavirus killed all our plans for the year, but a Texas thing would have been fun for sure. Cause we haven't been out there, but I mean, we were supposed to play with like more and fiddlehead and no right was going up. There was hella bands playing. I honestly can't remember all. Yeah, I, I feel like that would have been a good thing for you guys to get out to like a new market, and I'm sure there's kids out there dying to see you guys. So I'm sure it would have been cool for you guys to play in front of like a whole new audience. Yeah, exactly. It's always fun just like playing a new spot, and I mean, I, I hella like Texas. There's a ton of good food over there, and you know, a lot of good bands out of Texas. Uh, my dad lives in Texas now, so. Oh wow! Cool. It'd be cool to just get out there again. You know, it's, the uh, weather sucks though because I hate the heat. Fuck that. Yeah, uh, some friends and I actually uh, did like a, a a weekend trip to Texas. Like we drove from Southern California straight to Austin, and it was the first time that I, I'd ever gone to Texas, which was like oh, like kind of like a strange thing for me because you know you hear about texas like your whole life growing up and then you finally get there and realize like how big that state actually is it's such a trip it's huge that's crazy what did you guys do in austin um so we stayed in austin but we drove out to texas because uh the friends that i went with they're like really into horror so um, the house from the original texas chainsaw massacre is out in like kingsland texas if i remember correctly and we just drove out to to go check it out because they like turned it into some like brunch spot and like uh, they obviously um you know pay homage to the movie and so they just wanted to go check it out and they hit me up they're like hey you got any free time this weekend i'm like fuck it let's go so we, we went out there for that hell yeah that's sick yeah it, it yeah, it was it was definitely insane. Just uh, obviously being in a car for that long, I'm sure uh, you know you've gone on tour, so you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, just those drives were just so long, and especially just going through Texas and uh, it just being like so flat and just nothing around you for like the longest time. It's like God, I want to get out of here so bad. And even like when we we're driving home, like I was, I, it felt like we were in Texas forever. Like it felt like we were never gonna escape. It felt like we were just gonna be there forever. Yeah, it's it's huge. It's bigger than California, I believe. Yeah, it's for yeah. sure bigger. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can fit. Yeah, Africa. yeah I mean, and driving through California is crazy too. That shit sucks. I hate it. I hate that drive to LA. I'm not gonna lie. Seven hours, six hours for me—that's eternity. Uh, I'd rather die. You know, it's crazy. I've never been up north for a show. Oh, for real? Yeah, never. You know, it, it, it's crazy because like I'm um, like. My early days of like you know getting into hardcore, like I, I listened to bands like you know like from area like Lose None, uh, On a Warpath, Hoods, Trash Talk, and stuff. But like I just like you know at that time I was young, couldn't drive, and then uh, even now, uh, you know, just getting into the bands like you know that you're in and your friends are in, like you guys make me want to go up to the bay. And I I, I said this on, on the last podcast I did with um, Joseph from Tsunami. And I, uh, some friends and I planned on actually going to that drain show. So it's just like, damn it. Like I, I, that was going to be like my first time up North for a show. Um, but obviously, you know, this whole thing happened. Show got, uh, you know, postponed or canceled, but I'm, I'm planning on getting up there at some point. Like it, like, I feel like it has to happen. Cause like, I feel like right now there's just so many good bands, uh, you know, th- that are coming from out of there. Like I have to like experience like what it's like up there. Yeah, you should for sure. Honestly. I mean, I love the day. Obviously I'm going to, hype it up forever but i mean we have a lot of you know good people out here don't want to follow bands 
you know, I mean, even shows on like Monday nights are crazy. It's just like a good small local scene. Everybody's known each other for years. And, and you know, all the new people that come in are, are welcomed with open arms at this point. You know, it used to be different back in the day. I mean, obviously, like, when I was young coming up, it wasn't like very friendly. So it's, it's nice to like see everybody kind of coming up and just doing it for, you know, the music and not for everybody's own ego. So. That's why I love San Jose and like Bay Area shows. Everybody's just having a good old time. Yeah, and that's what I've like kind of taken away with uh, you know all the conversations that I've had with everybody from up uh, in your area. Like everybody's been like super like like I feel like super real to me and like you know just telling me like how it is and like you know friendly and uh, like I've never thought anybody was like too cool from your, your area to, to talk to me. Even like when I reached out before I even had any relationships with anybody um from up there like everybody was always cool to me like you know from the jump so like i've always like uh, appreciated that about you guys up there yeah i think it's because it's like we don't have we're not like a big like presence in hardcore like most places like you know like new york hardcore like you know boston la like all the big ones like, they're famous well, all the bands that come out of there, and it's like San Jose has like bands and other things. Like Sleep is obviously from San Jose. That's probably one of the biggest bands um, in like the harder scene. But you know, we have always been more low key. Like the punk scene out here is hella crazy. Um, but it's not guys looking to make a break. It's like fools who love being from San Jose and from like the Bay. So like staying here and just keeping it local is like what the goal is for the most part. Like that's what, you know, I was down for like, Oh, we'll just play local shows. We'll just do whatever here. And it just kind of happened that we got all this hype and that we got to travel. But like at the end of the day, I feel like that's why it's not a lot of cool guys that come out of like the Bay. Cause everybody's really like just about doing it for the city they're from. You know what I mean? Like we have what we have here and we just enjoy it. So you don't got a lot of egos coming out. So uh, looking forward to the future, um, are you guys like going to be more open to doing more tours and traveling more with Gulch? Hopefully. I mean, this year we had a lot of stuff lined up where we were traveling. Um, like we had Damage City. We had um, the Texas stuff. Uh, what else do we have? Obviously Sound of Fury. Um, some other stuff that was supposed to come up, but so we were going to be around, but I mean, the homie Cole has a kid, um, and runs the print shop. Like that's his full time thing. Uh, Sammy's back down south working full time. I mean, pretty much everybody works and has like their own thing going. And plus, Drain is moving so fast, so it's kind of hard for us to get out a lot. But I mean, if we can make it happen, we we'll, we'll do it. But I mean, I'm super busy up here with work, and as long as I can get the time off, you know, I'm down for it. Yeah, you mentioned those things that you had lined up, and I still trip out and think about how this year FYA has basically been, like, the only fest to to actually happen here in the States. Yeah, damn. Yeah, and we're like we're like halfway through the year, like six months. Like there, there definitely should have been some other fests that should have already happened by now. But just like looking back and thinking, like holy shit, like being at FIA, I never thought that that would be it. 
for a long time because um obviously i like the other day uh, this is hardcore announced their dates so uh you know uh, joe's posted about how he has no intentions of canceling he's gonna make it happen somehow so i, I think that's awesome so maybe uh, you know that will be the next fest that happens but if for, for, for some weird reason it doesn't happen and no other fests like pop off for the rest of the year and like we've only had that one fest like it's gonna be like oh definitely like a strange year to look back on for real i've never seen that in my years going to shows so kind of sucks man i mean even just having local stuff like we we don't have shit going on right now and it's like damn you know it, it's nice i'm saving just working but damn i want to go to <laughs> i want to go to a show that's where i see a lot of people that i don't see every day you know I, i've got my circle that i'll see outside the shows and you know to and from work or whatever but you know, there's a group of people that, you know, we're just, when we see each other at shows, it's like, you know, nothing same. So it kind of sucks that that hasn't been going on. Yeah, no, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from because, like, I feel like during this whole thing, like, outside of, like, um, seeing the people at work, like, I, I've probably only seen, like, four or five friends, like, consistently because um, I, I hang out with other people, but normally we go out and do stuff. But this whole time, there's really been nothing for us to go out and do since everything's been closed. And um, obviously, some people, uh, you know, have been kind of cautious about uh, COVID. So people kind of wanted to just kind of stay away, which totally fine. I, I understand, get that. Um, and, and I respect that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's only been like strange times not seeing like like a, a variety of people. Yeah, exactly. It's weird. Definitely yeah. strange times we're living in right now, but just kind of got to rough it out and make do for now. Hopefully it all goes back to normal. I'm sure when everything goes back to normal, shows are going to crack off again, and you know, business as usual. So, yeah, I'm just curious to see how uh, things will shake out because obviously things uh, got postponed, but I think it gets to a point where like uh, some things just have to flat out get canceled because there's going to be so many uh, you know bands playing in different areas, and like I don't think everybody's going to be able to kind of like you know uh, come together and like get like one big fest going maybe that's what this is hardcore is going to be i don't know but um I, i'm curious like when things uh, do like you know kind of like final like fully reopen and then shows do start happening again are, are you going to be um like cautious like maybe not going out to every show or wearing a mask at shows or are you just gonna kind of just go back and just you know act as if like this whole thing never happened i mean i have a lot of homies who work in like you know grocery stores and stuff and i've been around them and I'm back at work, so I'm kind of like at that point where I'm exposed enough to where, you know, I, I'm just not seeing like elderly people, so mm -hmm. I'm fine with it. But, you know, for me, going back to shows when it all opens up, I feel like everybody will kind of be already more conscious of being, you know, clean, maybe washing their hands a little bit more and not fucking mouth breathing all over each other. So <laughs> that'll definitely help. But, I mean, I'm not going to be worried about it you know um i definitely changed my routine since this has happened so i might not be going out as much anyways because i enjoyed my time at home now a lot more than i used to mm -hmm. and i feel like that's definitely changed so and uh, did you move recently or because i i remember i'm um, you posting because like you got like a bunch of new furniture yeah <laughs> i moved to sf right after uh fya basically january 1st was like my official move-in date 
But okay. since we had all this shit planned for January for shows and stuff, all the traveling, and then I was working, but still living in San Jose, so it was like an hour drive um, there and like two hours home, I wasn't really moving much shit in here very fast. So I had like, you know, a bed on the floor and my TV on the floor on top of my PlayStation. So it just looked sad and, you know, depressing. So over time, I finally got new furniture and... So it's lost now, but yeah, that move was a pain in my ass. The commuting shit was horrible. So moving out here and being ten minutes away from the job site versus an hour there and two and a half hours home mm-hmm. in traffic, definitely a big plus. Damn, yeah, that's one thing. Like uh, more recently, I, I kind of noticed that the freeways are like back to normal, which I I used to enjoy just getting out of work and getting home in like ten minutes, but now it, it takes me a little longer to get home. Yeah, luckily that doesn't affect me anymore, but hmm. when I was working in San Jose right when the quarantine hit, there was absolutely no traffic, so it was amazing. But yeah, my, uh, my boss and his brother work in, or live in Oakland, so they got to go over the bridge. It's really only like normally a 20-minute drive, 25 from the job site. It takes them like an hour now, maybe an hour 30 if it's a really bad day, but it's getting back to normal for sure. And is this the first time you've ever lived in SF? Yeah. Okay. Uh, my girlfriend's born and raised SF, and I'm from SJ, so I got the opportunity to work in San Francisco for a hell of a lot more money. So I was like, yeah, I, I got to jump on that and just kind of tough it out with that commute for a bit and until I could find a spot. Yeah, and I'm sure it's all worth it now because, you know, you seem settled in, and like you said, your, the drive to work is like, way shorter which is like always awesome oh yeah and, and I love San Francisco I mean all the all the businesses and stuff are really cool so it's nice to just like support them you know just hang out in the neighborhood and everybody I don't know that's just the way I am I was like that in San Jose too I just like knowing who's who and you know putting money back into the community instead of you know I'm, I don't know, whole food sex, you know, I don't want to give them. There's some little market shit around my neighborhood that I'll frequent. They're all super cool, so it's nice to just kind of do my thing out here. Yeah, I feel like that's like a, that was like a newer thing for me. Uh, I, I grew up in like the Palm Springs area, and like for the majority of my life, I never really thought about um, local businesses uh, until I, I actually moved to Orange County, and I, you know, uh, made some friends and uh, they kind of like you know uh, put me onto like cool local spots that I'd never heard of and I, I just kind of like realized like wow like this is really cool to know that I have these awesome things in my community so like, I, I feel like I, I like prefer going to the local stuff versus like the big chains when I can oh yeah for sure it's, it's definitely I mean my, my thing is to this conversation last night was is a lot of people like to talk about identification all the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, about basically everything is, oh, they gentrified this, gentrified that. And then, you know, I see what they're doing on, you know, their daily routine is they're going to some expensive ass coffee shop chain, then shopping at, you know, Whole Foods, which, you know, whatever. And, you know, all this shit like that. And then I'm like, you know, you're not putting any money back into the actual community. Like, yeah, yeah, that Whole Foods is in your neighborhood, but that shit ain't owned by a homeboy from the neighborhood. Like, that's, you know, that's some 
millionaire, billionaire who, you know, operates that shit. And, you know, really you're not giving back to the community. I mean, you're supporting workers, but, you know, the guy who owns a little shop on the corner, you know, is reliant on people who come in every day, coming in, you know, from that area, you know. Nobody's traveling from other neighborhoods to go to, you know, a locally owned corner store. You know, they thrive off the people who live there. So if you move into a neighborhood and you're new there and you're bouncing around other spots, putting your money everywhere else, you know, you're not actually supporting the community and that's what gentrification does. Pushes these guys out, you know, they're not making any more money and they gotta move. Yeah, so you gotta really look at yourself and see how much of a problem are you creating in the long run before you start, you know, waving the gentrification flag at everybody else. Yeah, no, I, I I definitely feel you on that one. Because uh, where I'm at, I, I I actually live in Anaheim near Disneyland, so I'm like surrounded by like by the resort, and there's always like these awesome like hole in the wall places that I love going out to eat. That, that's like like how I, like when I go out to like these local spots, it's mainly like food places because I, I just love eating out and just like trying to go out and find like the best like local spots. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what people should be doing, you know what I mean? Like, if you're not cooking at home, like, go find the spot where the lady's been there for, you know, 25 years, just doing her own thing, and it's all, you know, hole-in-the-wall stuff, and, you know, it's, you're supporting somebody who actually gives a shit. Like, the homie over here at this, this corner store around the, uh, around the corner from me, I mean, every time I go in there, the place is a mess, there's shit everywhere, it's just not like, you know, it's not hella nice, it's not hella fancy. He's got everything you need, though, and the homie's hella nice. So, of course, I'm going to go back there, you know? Dude is always super appreciative anytime anybody goes in there and spends a fucking a cent, you know? So, it's like, dudes from the neighborhood, you know, people who hang out there from the neighborhood, and they're giving him the support that he needs. And that's the only reason he's still there, you know what I mean? Because some fancy, you know, corner store could come in, all nice and shit, jack up prices. They'll make money. But you know they're not from here, so yeah, you got to keep these people alive by supporting him. Yeah, and, and he's literally there, you know, trying to provide a service to everybody that's like around him, you know, that's local to try to make it convenient for for them to just to pop in and you know pick up stuff that they actually need instead of having to drive like miles out to somewhere else and you know making it like a big old thing. Yeah, exactly. It's little things like that that people don't really think about every day, which which I get, you know. Yeah. Gentrification is more than just people moving into the the high rise building across the street from you and raising the rent. You know, it's a, it's a whole it's a whole system in place that you know it, you've got to look at it from more than one perspective. Uh, I, I find it interesting. Um, you know, you mentioned you, you moved to SF, but um, it's like super expensive to live there because of uh, you know all the tech companies up there. Like, do you find I, that people are like you know getting pushed out of the city? Oh, hell yeah. yeah. SF is super expensive. I mean, so with San Jose, they're actually right next to each other. Uh, I think actually right now, SJ is higher uh, rent, you know, than SF, but okay. I, I haven't checked in a while. But I used to pay like 1500 1600 for a bedroom in San Jose. I got lucky here because it's like a homie and it's a big-ass house with hella roommates. So I don't pay nearly that much. Mm-hmm. It, it does get crazy out here. A lot of people have had to relocate to like Oakland 
and like Antioch, Fremont, like all up and down the bay to the spots that aren't, you know, is is wanted. But um, it, it's crazy, man. The, the rent here is nuts. Shit has changed a lot, and and I haven't even been to SF that much, you know, throughout my life. So it's crazy to even see the little things change right in front of me. Yeah, I have a buddy um, who moved from San Diego to, to up there because he, he got a, a like a really nice corporate job with uh, LinkedIn, which I, I think I can say that, but I, but I won't give his name. Uh, but but he got like, this really nice job with LinkedIn. And I asked him, like, oh, like, are you going to live in the city to be close to work? And he like straight up told me, he's like, dude, I can't afford to live in the city. It's just way too expensive. So he had to move like right outside the city. And I was like, damn, that's crazy that you're moving like literally to the other side of the state for this really nice job, but you still can't afford to, you know, live near your work. You have to like, you know, drive out. Yeah, it's, it's that bad. I mean, you have to be making a lot of money for your own spot or you just gotta find roommates. You gotta do like, you know, a house mm-hmm. in a neighborhood on the outskirts, you know? I mean, that's what I'm, what I'm doing. I'm not like in the middle of the city. I'm definitely further south, like maybe five, 10 minutes away from Daly City. So it's, you know, it's kind of just what you got to do. Yeah, no, I, I definitely feel you out here in Orange County. It's it's super expensive um, to just get any kind of place just because it's, um, I feel like it's like centrally located. Obviously, like um, where I'm at, I, I'm in Anaheim near Disneyland. So it's like super expensive because that park is, you know, super popular. It's a tourist attraction for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, that sucks. Yeah, but I get it. Um, just curious, have you ever been to Disneyland? I have a uh, few times. I like it, but I don't know. Not my thing. I know people go crazy about it and they're looking all the time. I'm just not a big like roller coaster or whatever guy, and I don't like being around a shitload of people. So that is two things that I don't really care for. Okay, no, that, that's totally fair. I, I, I definitely get that. Uh, I, there's a lot of times where I get like antisocial. Like if I'm not, uh, you know, at Disneyland or work, I'm seriously normally just home. I, I just like you know, I'm just going home and just hanging out. I, I have like really expensive like uh, computer equipment that I like uh, using because I spent so much money on it, and I, I like playing video games. So I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to go home. There's you know things that I have to do online. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, everybody's got their thing, you know, not everybody's super social like that. Like, it's nice to see the homies, but, dude, I can't be in a place like those thousands of people that I don't know and don't care about, you know, breathing all over me and just being in my way just freaks me out. That's, yeah. But I, I, I does it bother you when, when you're, um, you know, playing a show? Because obviously there's, like, so many people, like, you know, trying to jump on you, singing along, and you have to, like, you know, interact and touch a lot of people. When I'm up there, I don't give a shit, but when I'm done, like, I like to just walk away and, you know, sit in a corner and just, like, chill for a second, but, I mean, at least with hardcore shows, it's, like, people I know, people have similar interests and similar ideals, and it's, like, a little bit easier to be around a ton of people, because it's, like, more relate, like, I can relate to people more, but mm-hmm. when it's a crowd of just, like, everybody, like, Disneyland or the mall or some stupid shit like that, it's, like, fuck, like, I don't know these people. I don't like these people. I don't, you know, I don't care to know these people. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of fucked up, but it's like, that's just how I did. 
No, I, I uh, definitely understand. Like, uh, my friends like to um, always give me shit because they always want to like, go out and like meet new people. I'm like, oh, I'm like that's totally fine. You guys go out and do that. Let me know how it is because I'm just uh, that's not my thing. I'm not trying to be everybody's friend. Uh, just as I, you know, I don't think everybody's a good person. So I'm saying, yeah, I, I, I love the friends that I have and, you know, the, the relationships that, uh, that I have with certain people. And like, I, 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 I just don't want to go out like looking for new friends. Like I, I just like kind of like to let that stuff kind of happen organically. Cause I, I think it's just weird. Like, Hey, like I want to go make new friends today. That's just kind of strange to me. Yeah, exactly. You know, I got my circle and there's, you know, people I want to meet, I'll meet them at some point you know and it's just bound to happen other than that i'm like you know i don't need to actively search for new people yeah for sure i, I, I definitely feel you on that one but um elliot this has seriously been an awesome time I, i'm like happy I, I, i'm really stoked that we we're finally able to do this um but before we sign off is there anything you want to shout out or plug shit uh everybody from san jose 4083 santa cruz bay area um, uh, Yulu, Tsunami, Hands of God, fucking No Right, Urban Sprawl. Damn, there's hella brands. Um, shit, man. Anything that comes out of the bay, check it out. The homies in Love Dreams. There's just so many good people out here. And yeah, Creative Destructor and Close Casket. And you for having me. I appreciate it for real. All right. Well, seriously, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Jamer K podcast, always on top.